Welcome to the Healing Herb Podcast. This is your grief expert and friend, Ashley Lemieux. I feel like my entire body is buzzing right now. I decided that I wanted to do a bonus episode for the second week of the Healing Her podcast. It is actually launch day right now. How I record the podcast is a week before it actually comes out is when I record. So in real time, I am seeing your reactions and your shares and your messages of what this podcast means to you right now. And I feel like I'm having an outer body experience because it feels so good. It feels so real and raw and connecting with you in this way is even better than I thought it could possibly be. And I knew it was going to be good. So that's saying a lot. But my friend just texted me and she showed me the screenshot that Healing Her has, as of right now, made it to number three in the mental health category for Apple Podcasts and I just have to take a second to thank you for making the conversation of grief go mainstream, for being brave and wanting to feel your feelings and to heal and then to share it with your community because you know that they need it too. Like this just tells all of us that we are tired of feeling alone, that we want to be talking about things that, yeah, they're hard, but they're important and we want support in them. And All of us are doing this together. Healing Her does not exist without you. And I just want to say thank you. (laughs) There's so much more that we get to do together throughout the span of the time ahead of us that is coming. And I'm just so honored that you're here. So I thought, you know what? This has been so fun. Let's do another shorter episode as a bonus for week two because I've also been getting so many questions about a decision that we made this summer that was very much on a whim and it fits right into me launching the podcast us just getting home from spending the summer in North Carolina and the question is how do I know that I'm making the right decision do you ever feel terrified of making a decision because you don't want to make the wrong one and the uncertainty of what you don't know about the future makes it feel so paralyzing to be able to move forward because I have lived my life in that way for a long time. And so today I want to talk about the five reasons you might struggle with making decisions and then my five-step quick feel-good process on how I make my decisions so that I can feel confident and sure walking forward. So we just got back from North Carolina, literally, what is it, Tuesday, three days ago. And we spent our summer there and we decided truly out of nowhere to start splitting our time between Phoenix, which is our home base, and then North Carolina where my sister and her family just moved for my brother-in-law's residency for med school. What was wild is that they just found out they had to move there a few months ago and we ended up buying a house sight unseen in a place that we had never been to. And because of that, of course, a lot of questions have been sparked from you guys. Like, how did you make this decision? I have to tell you that there was a a time, a long period of time in my life where I felt 
absolutely terrified and not empowered in any way in making any type of decisions because I was afraid to make the wrong one. Do you ever feel like you're afraid of making the wrong decision? Even if you don't feel like you're fulfilled right now, the thought of having it get worse or wanting back what you have now makes it so hard to move forward because I understand that feeling. It was foreign to me when I entered into that space to feel paralyzed by decisions because growing up, I was a lot more confident in who I was. I was more adaptable. If I needed to change course or course correct, I was totally fine doing that. For example, (laughs) you guys, I went to three different universities and I'm not ashamed about that at all. I went to one I started at University of Arizona And after one semester, I was like, this is not for me down here. If you love it, you love it. My brother-in-law and sister also went there. My brother-in-law's obsessed with it. But I was like, you know what? This isn't for me. I'm going to switch. Then I went somewhere else for two years and (laughs) uh, lived my best life for a minute. And then I realized I was in a new season and I actually finished at Arizona State University, which is where I met my husband. But all that to say, I was just a lot more adaptable in the decisions that I was making. And it was because I didn't internalize negative outcomes and blame myself for them. Also, in college, I had less responsibility than I do now. But personality-wise, I just was more confident in making a decision and then being okay with it if I needed to course correct. But then I experienced profound loss. Like a lot of you, then life happened, right? And then trauma came and that began to impact my decision making. One of the hardest feelings that I hate feeling more than anything is the feeling of being stuck. Have you ever felt stuck? Because so many of us do. We can start feeling like we're stuck when we stop making decisions. And even if it's something that we want to do, the decision that we are trying to make is something we want to do, we can still not make it because we're just too afraid to move forward. And whether it's a new job, whether it's a new relationship, a move, heck, even if you're like me and dinner feels like the biggest decision you have to make that day too, and you have to make it daily and every day you're like, how could I possibly have to decide what's for dinner every single night? Does anyone feel that? Because I do. There's just a lot of reasons why it can be difficult to make those decisions. And sometimes the decisions in our life that we're trying to make are hard, they're overwhelming, so then we just don't make them or we prolong making up. And part of why that happens is because we're just human. We're having a human experience. We have emotions. We really don't like change in our lives generally. But there are also a lot of other reasons why it can be difficult for you to make decisions. And I want to share five of them really quick with you to help you identify with any of these. Because again, I feel so empowered when I have the words behind how I'm feeling so that I can then make a plan forward. And then I'm going to share the five things that I do to support myself in feeling confident in the decisions that I make. This process has led me from feeling unconfident and insecure and scared of the future to really being in an alignment with who I am, even if it doesn't make sense on paper, to trusting myself and my intuition and being able to make decisions like launching a podcast again or moving across the country part-time. And even though, yes, that brings 
you know, a little bit of fear and some change, I feel confident and I'm able to make the decision and then support myself in how to move forward with that. These five reasons that it might be hard for you to make decisions in your life, I want to preface by saying they are coming from a mental health and wellness standpoint. So before I go through these, I want to call out that mental illness like anxiety, depression, mood disorders, those can cause daily impacts on your decision making. And I'm not going to cover them below. And so I want to make sure that you know that that can really impact your decision making. So if you struggle with those or think you might struggle with those, please seek help and support. It is so brave to step into therapy. It is so supportive to do that. I say that as often as I can. um, And I just wanted to call that out. One of the reasons why it might be hard for you to make decisions in your life is because you struggle with perfectionism. Anyone? Is it just me? Struggling with perfectionism is something that has entered my life after loss. You can go back to episode one if you missed that episode and I go through my background. But when we experience perfectionism in our lives, especially because of grief or trauma, it can make us feel like we're striving for an unattainable level of certainty before making any decision. So this can lead to prolonged decision-making, and then it can lead to dissatisfaction with the choices that we made. We also are afraid of making mistakes. We think that, or we tell ourselves that it's not the perfect time, that there will be a perfect time in the future, and then we just keep missing time and wasting time because of our perfectionism. And I identify with that so deeply. The second reason why it might be hard for you to make decisions is because of your coping mechanisms. Some people, after grief and trauma, use avoidance as a coping mechanism to deal with stress or anxiety. It is actually very common for people to want to avoid things, especially hard things or especially things that bring change. And this can manifest as avoiding decision making to just evade potential discomfort or potential anxiety associated with the process. The third reason why it might be hard for you to make decisions is the fear of consequences. Past trauma and grief can cause a very real fear of consequences. This is one that I still struggle with and I have to talk myself through often. This is also one that I wish more people understood about grief is that when you experience loss, the loss of safety that comes with trauma and grief makes the world, your world, feel unsafe. So to help combat that, our brains are like, no more decisions, this decision isn't safe, stick to what you know, stay what's in predictable, even though nothing in our life is predictable. Our brains want to grasp onto anything that feels familiar so that we can tell ourselves that it's going to be predictable. And then we can get stuck in this place of being too afraid of what might happen that we miss out on the reality of what is happening. And what is happening is that some of the decisions that are being presented in front of you right now in your life are actually good. And yes, they require change and a step into the unknown, but they can also bring so much growth and joy, and love, but the fear of consequence blocks out any of the other good things. The fourth reason is that you don't trust your intuition anymore. Things have gone bad before, and 
maybe a family member or a friend or a coworker or many people are telling you that what you want to do is a bad idea, a bad decision. Maybe it doesn't make sense on paper. And so you just keep putting off that feeling, even though it keeps calling to you because other things are taking the priority of your intuition. And I will tell you what, the times that I have went against my intuition have brought the worst outcomes for my life. The times where I have said, I want to do X, Y, Z, but then people around me have said, well, that doesn't make sense. You should do this other thing. And so I listened to them. I've always regretted making that decision. And there have been many times where my intuition has been pulling me to do something that did not make sense on paper at all. And other people would be like, what are you doing? And I would say, I don't know. I just know that I need to move forward. And I'm using my process to make sure that there are steps in place to feel confident about this decision. But every time I have listened to that internal poll, it has been to my benefit. And that doesn't mean that it's been easy that doesn't mean it didn't require any profound bravery. It just meant that overall, I listened to my intuition and it brought a lot of joy and a lot of growth that I would not have had had I stayed stuck. And the last reason is that grief and trauma can make it really difficult planning for the future, especially if you are in something that is ongoing. And in fact, Something that I like to tell people, if you are in the acute stages of grief, meaning it is happening right now, you are actively working through it. Maybe the event just happened in the past month, even six months, even the past year. It can really impact our decision making. And I'm always like, don't make any huge decisions until you have a little more time and a little more space and your emotions of your grief aren't making that decision for you. But if life feels hard right now, how can you possibly fathom thinking about a year year or two from now and then making a decision that impacts that? Because we make emotional decisions based off of our current feelings, thinking that we're going to feel how we do right now forever. So if I feel sad and stuck and stressed out at work, how could I possibly make a decision that is going to impact me two years from now when I feel in my current moment like all my daily decisions are going into just getting out of bed. I wanted to share those with you so that you can identify why it might be hard for you. And there's a lot of other reasons why decision making might be hard for you, especially out of grief. But I would love to know from you what one of these you identify with. And now we can make a plan forward. I'm going to share with you my process in decision making. The number one thing that I start with is I ask myself, do I trust myself in my intuition? This is something I have to go back to because I have to remind myself that I do. And the things that have tried to tell me that my intuition is wrong or that I should listen to other people, I have to give my brain proof that I can trust myself. And if I don't trust myself in my intuition, which for a long time I didn't, then I don't feel comfortable or empowered on making any decisions. It's like if your best friend who has a track record of doing really bad, outrageous, illegal things is trying to talk you into something that you know you're going to be put in jail to do, you're not going to listen to them. You're just going to be like, no, that's not even something that I'm going to consider, right? Our intuition has to be our best friend who we trust. 
who we know is the one having the track record that we trust and that we lean into. The brain needs proof. What I mean by this is your brain needs to see it. It needs to see that you can trust yourself. It needs to see reasons why something is a good or a bad idea so that it can get on board. So to help give your brain proof, you're going to take out a sheet of paper and you are going to list decisions that you have made in the past that have had positive outcomes. And if you're like, well, I can't think of anything because it's been a long time since I've made a big decision, they can be small decisions. It can be how you spoke to your kids that morning or that you fed yourself breakfast or dinner or that you showered or how you took care of yourself that day or how you showed up for a friend or a business decision that went well. Just start writing down the evidence of why you can trust your intuition. Sometimes we have to see it to believe it. After I answer that question, my next question is, what is my plan if things don't go how I hope they do? I work really well with a plan. Once I make a decision, I need to have a plan, a backup plan that feels like a safety net that I can lean on if I need to. It helps me feel safe. It helps me feel like I'm not going to be caught off guard. And so I make a plan. So for example, we buy a house site unseen in North Carolina in a place that we have never been to. What is my backup plan if we absolutely hate it there? What's my backup plan if we decide we want to actually move there full time? What's my backup plan of X, Y, or Z? And I list out any possible outcome within reason. But then I make a plan so that I know that I'm not stuck there forever. I think so many times we put so much pressure on making the right decision. We believe that there's one right decision for us. And oh my gosh, if we make it wrong, we're just going to be stuck and doomed in that job or in that city or in that relationship or in that whatever it is forever and ever and ever. You have choices. Just like you have a choice in front of you right now. If you make a decision and it ends up not being what you wanted it to be, you can then make another choice to pivot. And it's okay to do that. And that's also one of the reasons I ask myself, you know, what's my plan if things don't go how I hope they do so that I know that I'm not going to be stuck there forever, that this doesn't have to be a decision I'm making for the rest of my life. There are circumstances, though, where the decisions are for the rest of your life, like having children. And still, what is your plan? What is your plan to feel supported if you have children or if you're getting married? Having a plan of support and of action makes me feel so much more confident in moving forward. After I have that in place, the third thing that I do is I ask myself, what are the possibilities for my life if I don't make this decision First, if I do? And I don't really make a pro and con list. I make a very factual, here's what's going to happen if I stay where I'm at. And here's what can happen in the near future if I make this choice. And going back and forth on both of those decisions then brings me to the next thing, which is asking myself, what is going to bring me the most peace? And when you ask yourself this, don't mistake peace for hard. Don't mistake peace for not feeling like it's going to be easy or that there's not going to be a big change or that it's not going to be challenging because you can still have peace when you know you're doing what you want to do, even if it gets hard. Peace comes from fulfillment. It comes from listening to your inner voice. It comes from staying in alignment with who you are and with what it is that you want. 
the first time that I did this exercise was actually during one of the hardest times in my life. And I needed to make a decision that I felt was too difficult to make. And so I got out a piece of paper and I wrote down on each side what the result of each decision would be. And I remember very clearly the decision that I didn't want to make felt so much more peaceful. It looked so much more clear. It was going to cause a ton of heartache and devastation. But the decision that I kept making that felt like maybe it would save me from heartache at the time, it was actually bringing me more heartache because that decision wasn't working. And as I looked at the trajectory of my life in that decision, it looked like a spiral tornado that no matter how long time went on, it was always going to be impacting me. And that is hard when you have to make a choice that also brings grief and heartache. You have to follow your peace. The very last step that I make in my decision-making process and making big decisions or small decisions is how will this impact people in my family? My kids, my husband, is this going to take my energy away so that they're not getting the best of me? Is this going to cause more stress for the long run so that I'm not going to be able to show up for them in the way I want? Is this going to require more physical time of me to be away from them? And because they are my top value, I know that they go above anything else. So really sitting with how is this going to impact not just me, but the people in my family and then being able to take all that information is how I support myself in making decisions. Answering those questions helps me get really clear. It helps me find confidence in myself. It helps me trust my intuition. It helps me feel safe taking leaps into new adventures that are totally unpredictable because I am adventurous and I love unpredictability, but trauma and grief made me stop loving that for so long. And so now <laughs> I like to say, now I love adventure, but I love it planned. I love adventure, but I love to make sure that I still have a safety net. I love new choices and new learnings, but I also need to have a proven system that helps me make those decisions. Does this mean that every decision I make from here on out is 100% accurate all the time? No, but it means that I'm not too afraid to make them anymore. It means that I have found so much joy the past couple of years of my life making decisions and things that I would use to say no to because it felt easier to say no to. And I spend a lot less time worrying if it's the right decision because I'm not putting pressure on myself that there's only one right choice for me. I follow my peace. I make a plan. And I identify why I might feel hesitant so that I can figure out if this is a real valid fear and concern that needs to be addressed or if it's a habit that has come from past things because I just want to feel in control. It's actually perfect timing right now. And I love this so much. I love that you have made Healing Her a top three podcast right now. And I am literally self-producing this while my baby is taking her nap and recording while she's sleeping and she just woke up and it's perfect timing because we just finished talking about all the things we needed to talk about but I just think that isn't this just how life is 
where we're able to do things that we love and are passionate about and connect. And then we also have this other side of motherhood or of our jobs or, or of these things that just make us this full human. And I just wanted to share that because I just think it's so special that I get to connect with you here. And now my baby's awake and I'm going to go grab her. But I hope that this has empowered you to start trusting yourself again. I would love to hear how this episode impacted you. If you could shoot me a DM over on Instagram at Ashley Kalem U. And I really want to answer your questions for future podcast episodes. So if you go to the link in the show notes, it will take you to the podcast website where you can leave your question for me that I might answer live on an upcoming podcast episode. Thank you so much again for joining us on week two of the Healing Her podcast. Take good care of yourself until I see you again next week. I'm so honored you joined us for this episode of the Healing Her podcast, where healing isn't just a destination. It's an empowering, transformative adventure. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss brand new episodes each Tuesday. And if you're ready for more tangible tools, make sure you grab my best-selling book, I Am Here, wherever books are sold or in the link in the show notes below. Take good care of yourself until I see you again next week. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.